0: Welcome to Let's Admit It, a college admissions podcast hosted by the Boise Bible College Admissions Department. Here, we aim to answer the spoken and unspoken questions of high school students and parents who are looking to learn more about a Christian college experience. You can learn more about Boise Bible College at www.boisebible.edu. Thank you for listening.
1: Shalom! My name is Michael Gritton. I am the host of this quaint little podcast. Um, I want to welcome you back, those of you who have been listening to us consistently throughout the last several months since we got this started. And to those of you who are joining us for the first time, I say welcome. Uh, If you're not familiar with what this podcast is, I will tell you uh, in two parts. Last semester, um, so episodes one through about 16. Those were all question-based question, question based Q&A, kind of uh, answering questions about the application process going to specifically Boise Bible College, but college in general. Um, I feel like we did a really good job answering those questions. And so this semester, the last dozen or so episodes... Uh, these have been introductions um, for for those of you who are planning on attending Boise Bible College. Uh, we pride ourselves on being a community, and uh, a community is nothing without um, connections. And so, uh, I want to uh, you know forge those connections before people are on campus. So, I have taken the last couple of weeks and introduced you to um, the the faculty, the staff, the professors, as many people as I can. Uh, get sat down for an interview and today we're continuing that process with the resident director Tammy Christensen. Tammy, hello. Hello, Mike. It's so good to see you. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. I, uh, Tammy, how long have, how long have I known you? Six, seven years? I believe I
0: came in your freshman year and you've been graduated how long now?
1: Three years today.
0: Okay. Oh, that shouldn't say today, but and I've been here 7 years. 7 so, years. Yeah. So it's been 7 years. Mike. So
1: I have known you for 7 years. I have yeah, I've sat at your in your I've sat in your living room. I have pet your very uh rotund cats. Um and I just learned not 5 minutes ago that your favorite NFL team and my favorite NFL team are blood rivals. Tammy, you're a Steelers fan. Born and
0: raised, born stewards. and raised. Yes. Did
1: I ever? Did I ever tell you the short version of why I became a Browns fan?
0: No, you have not.
1: The I've I've told this story on the podcast, but when I got to school here, uh, everyone and their dog is a Seahawks fan, and I didn't care about football growing up, and so I'm like, whatever, I'll be a Seahawks fan. That was the year they won the Super Bowl, and so everyone was like, oh, you're just a bandwagon fan. And I got sick and tired of that, and so I switched to the Browns because they were objectively the worst team in the league, and that's the year they went zero sixteen, baby. Oh. And I could not be more proud. But um, uh, it's been a rough year for for a lot of reasons. COVID, obviously, but also your team got beat by my team. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the podcast, Back Mike. To the po- <laughs> Oh, Tammy, we're glad to have you. So, um, Tammy, I, uh, I know I mentioned this in the intro, but I, you know, just to say it again, um, I'm going to just ask you a couple of questions and you, you have the floor to do with it as you want. Um, and so just to start out with my favorite, uh, my, one of my favorite questions, which is that bland, generic interview question. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about Tammy, specifically with uh, education and ministry in mind.
0: Well, my story is a little bit different than probably a lot of individuals that go to college right after high school. Right after I was born and raised in Pennsylvania, hence the Steelers fan, obviously (laughs) true to my colors, you know, Um, graduated high school and I went into the military, Mm. Uh, served four years first, and that's where I'd met my husband. And then after that, that's when we started college. So we were non-trads at that point, non-traditional students. Uh, we were starting school at 21, 22 years old, married. Did
1: you guys go into the military at the same time?
0: I was ahead of Cody by about six months. Oh, okay. And then we spent right around 10 months out before we went to college. Okay. And we lived in Pennsylvania for probably about nine months of that time. And then Cody wanted to become a preacher, and mm. so we looked at all kinds of schools around the Northeast, but we wound up landing on Ozark Christian College, and we both went there. Mm. And then I got my undergrad in psychology and counseling, and then from there, I went on to Pittsburgh State University, which is in Kansas, not the Pittsburgh with the H, it's, oh. There's no H on it. It's just P-I-T-T-S-B-U-R-G. Got it. And it's in Pittsburgh, Kansas, which is right across the Missouri line. So I went over there, and that's where I got my master's and my EDS and counseling. Uh, did that. After that, I, I worked as just a therapist at a behavioral hospital. Mm-hmm. Not too long after that. I became the director of the acute wing of a behavioral hospital. Oh. So as a director of the hospital, I worked there for probably about four and a half years. I had quite a few broken ribs and black eyes. Mm. Uh, man, it, it was a rough. Sure. I mean, it was from ages three to 21. And when yeah. you're wrangling a 21-year-old to the ground, let's just say, <laughs> they they can wrangle <laughs> their, pretty good. Their so. elbows
1: hit a little harder than a three-year-old.
0: So. Lucky for me, the military experience that I had as a security police officer gave me the ability to be able to kind of handle myself a little bit with with different types of clientele like that. Yeah. So, and then from there, I got into education. I was the head of the psychology and counseling department at Central Christian College of the Bible for about a year until Boise Bible College got a hold of Cody and was kinda interested in him as the Dean of Students. So Cody came out, checked it out. We both did actually. He fell in love with the college and that's where we've been for yeah. the last seven years.
1: What was the connection point there? How they heard of Cody?
0: The former president Mr. Terry Stein and Cody were both in the same cohort of the PhD program at Johnson. Got it. And so they knew each other through that.
1: Interesting. And
0: then Mr. Stein had talked to Cody several times and was like, Hey, would you consider coming out and being the Dean of Students? And so that, that was the connection because we had zero connection with Boise Bible College at all, or even the Boise area, you know?
1: And what, and at that point your kiddos, spoiler alert, Tammy and Cody have some kids. Um, How old were they? What was that transition like for them?
0: Well, we've got five kids. At that point, our oldest was already out of the house. Hannah was just starting ninth grade. Caleb was just starting sixth grade. And Abby was in fourth grade, and Hattie was in first grade.
1: Mm. Hmm. Hannah is uh, in college now.
0: Hannah is in college, which she, is
1: bananas,
0: and she lives in Tennessee, which is, a, if you didn't yeah. know, is a long way away from Idaho. <laughs> but Hannah's Hannah's doing great. She's actually a junior in college now. Believe that, Mike. Believe that. Yes.
1: Whoa. <laughs> Where has time gone? Whoa.
0: And then Caleb is actually graduating this
1: year. Did she? Hold on. Did Hannah like have some credits when she went over there? How does? How is she already a junior?
0: No, nope, she's finishing up her junior That's year. Bananas. She did have credits, but this is still,
1: she's wow, finishing wow, up wow. her junior year. Time flies. Time flies. Yes. Um, so, okay. You you mentioned the military thing, right? The military <laughs> police. I I took, I think I had one class with you. I think I, I, I confess I don't 100% remember the name, but I know that it was, was it communications?
0: It was probably interpersonal communications. Interpersonal
1: communications. And so- I remember you talking about a, uh, a situation where you were in the uh, personal guard of someone, some people. Can you, can you, tell, that, can you tell that story on the air? Is uh, that
0: I will tell you, but then I will have to kill you when we're finished. <laughs> so, no, um, right after, when Cody and I were stationed in Oklahoma City, the Alpha, Alfred P. Murrow building mm. was bombed. And so at that point, it was President Clinton... And Vice President Al Gore, who mm-hmm. had both come in, and if you didn't know this, anytime the president flies, they always fly to military installations, not mm-hmm. public airports. Makes and sense. And so that that's so they've got the security detail. Plus, it's also closed off. It's not just where any civilian can get in. Mm-hmm. So it adds that extra support. So they both came in and Cody and I both got to meet both of them. Mm. Um, Also met the vice president's wife, Tipper Gore. I was on bike patrol at that time, bicycle on a bicycle. And so I'm in a pair of shorts and I'm in this white shirt and I got this huge gun belt hanging on me. And she (laughs) looks at me and she's like, your outfit's so cute. (laughs) And it's the vice president's wife. And I'm just like, I don't know what to say. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not like a runway dress or anything. It's, a pair of shorts and a shirt, a white shirt that says police in big uh-huh. black letters across the back with <laughs> and a gun belt. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, by the way, a gun belt. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> what, kind of interesting.
1: What was it like, if you can just summarize it, what was it like meeting Bill Clinton?
0: He's, both of them are just really, I mean, him, the vice president, Al Gore, Tipper Gore, I mean, they're all just mm. pretty much down to earth and it's... I mean, they're the president of the United States at that point, but they come into the military. And I don't know if they're like that with everybody or maybe it's just because we were the military. Mm -hmm. But just like super appreciative of us being there, our presence being there, what we were doing in the city to try to keep it safe at that point because of all the security surrounding the whole bombing situation. And I mean, just really appreciative kind and just really down to earth, honestly, mm. you wouldn't have guessed that they were the president of the yeah. United States, you know?
1: When I would, that would have been, what'd you say, 2006? Was that around that was that then? No. Oh, it's gosh. It's 1996? Oh, perfect. Okay, so I was... Or 19,
0: mm. it's in the 1990s.
1: I so. was a year old then. There you go, yes.
0: <laughs> Thanks for I, dating me, Mike. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Tammy, I'm so glad you're on the podcast. And yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> all I remember, because I I didn't start taking any interest in politics whatsoever until I was probably, gosh, I was probably 24. I'm 25 right now. Um, but I remember my dad had a killer Bill Clinton impression, mm. and he would always bust that out at like Thanksgiving time. It was wonderful. Moving on.
0: <laughs> well, and, and now see, Cody is from Arkansas. So uh-huh. when we talk about Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton is from Arkansas. So Cody's oh, got those roots of yeah. Bill Clinton in him. You know, it's yeah, kind of like can... you know the home, the hometown boys type yeah, of
1: thing. The uh, the molasses and
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, Tammy, I want to talk about your specific. We're going to have more kind of get to know you questions here in a minute, but I want to talk about your specific area of focus, which as the resident director, um, you oversee the, the the dorm rooms, everything that happens on the campus is under your purview. Um, I spent all four years on campus. I was one of, I think it was me, David, and Silas were the seniors of my class that spent all four years um, on the campus. I, I spent one semester in, what, audience, the, uh, student body affectionately refers to as the old dorms. Um, but other than, other than that, I, I always say that I, I came to the college for the education, but I stayed because of the community. So talk for just a minute about the culture of the dorms, the work that you do to, um, to cultivate that culture. What makes the, the Bible college dorms unique?
0: Well, Mike, I've been really blessed to have a great team of resident assistants under me who help out with that vision. And so at the beginning of every school year, I have two females and two males our residents, resident assistants. Mm -hmm. And so at the very beginning of the school year, before everything ever kicks off, we sit down and we vision cast of what do we want to see happen in the dorms? What is it that we're looking to accomplish in the dorms? And you know, how will we know if we're successful with that? And so we found tools to be able to measure that. Um, So it's, there's a lot of effort, time, prayer, everything that's really put into it. Mm -hmm. So it's not just me, I I definitely have to give the rest of my team credit on that. Uh, So the, the males and the females both spend a ton of the time with the students. And so one of our main focuses to make it like what you said more of a personal community kind of thing and it's we found that if you come into college and you are not acclimated somehow that the college experience the whole experience behind it is lost Mm. you you talk stories. I mean, gosh, Mike, I know some of the things you did in the dorms and so I mean, you could keep everybody entertained here for several hours, but and you didn't think I knew. But anyway. So you've I'm got those experiences, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that if they don't live on campus. Mm. If you just unfortunately, even I think back to my time in college as a non-traditional student, I lived off campus. I was married. And so Cody and I really missed out on that whole community feel. So coming from the dorm perspective, that's exactly what I try to make. And so the RAs have individuals that they actually have to do a discipleship plan with. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have to disciple disciple two individuals for the full year. And it's really funny how that works because over the time, once RAs – kind of graduate and go out and we're hiring new RAs, we find that some of those disciples mm. are actually the ones that are applying for the RA position that's come up again. Yeah. And so it's kind of, you're kind of seeing the the benefits of what we've implemented. There's also been, like Cody and I do Sunday night dinners. We haven't due to COVID, unfortunately, this semester or this year but we do Sunday night dinners where we have the sister floor and the, and the brother floor both come or excuse me, the sister room and the brother room come over. We sit around our table. I cook a meal. Everybody gets a home cooked meal on Sunday because the cafeteria is closed. So we try to have that community base. And then, I mean, which we
1: do- by the way, I it, it just to, just to throw out there uh, for, for the listeners, uh, Cody and Tammy, the Christensen family actually live on campus um, in the, is it, it is the East storms mm-hmm. right? East yeah. dorms. So just wanted to throw that detail out there. Mm-hmm.
0: And so it, this year, the East storms are usually empty. Mm-hmm. And what Mike refers to as the old dorms, nobody really wants to live in there. But we've really kind of revamped them mm-hmm. up. And actually, right now, we have four married couples oh, really? that are living in the E-Storms. And we have huh. zero empty space well, that's in cool. the East storms The East storms are fully full. because each married couple, Now, I'm not saying we have married housing, but right now we have the capability of being able to offer that to Mm. students who can't really afford apartments off campus at this point. And they're still wanting that community atmosphere. I mean, we've got, I mean, some of them have both the the husband and wife are both current students Mm -hmm. and living in there and they just don't want to lose that community feel of what it is to be on campus, yeah. which has been super interesting because we've never planned for the East Storms to be married housing, but it's kind of mm-hmm. turned out that way and it keeps them plugged in. And I think it's great for some of our married people to be able to mentor some of our dating couples on mm-hmm. the campus. And so it's just, it's that family atmosphere that you just, we're small enough to be able to know everybody which can also be a negative, unfortunately. But for the most part, I think that small community is enough to make it more that family atmosphere. Oh yeah. So having movie nights at my house where it's just the guys and ordering tons of food. <laughs> and then sometimes where it's just the girls and ordering tons of food as well. And yeah. it's just, it's almost like we're the parents, and the kids come and hang out with their friends, type mm-hmm. of thing, you know. So it, it works.
1: Yeah, it works. I know that for me, right. I I grew up in a in a small town. I think my graduating, I, I always say that graduating class is a pretty good uh, indicator of town size. So my my graduating class was 49 people. It was supposed to be 50, but then one guy's like, nah, I don't want to, um, which was has never stopped not making sense to me, but. Um, and so, when I when I was leaving for college, um, my parents were always very clear with me, like, don't care what you do or where you go, but your first year of college, it needs to be far enough away that we cannot just come to you at the drop of a hat. Um, and so, Boise was kind of perfect for that, where it was like, I kind of knew the area, because, fun fact, my youth group growing up, um, four hours that way, actually used this campus as a... Uh, summer retreat location, because mm-hmm. um, my youth pastor is an alumni. Anyway, so um, when I came here, it was because i had grown up in small town Idaho, and I wanted to get away from that. And I got here, and I realized um, that the campus—I mean, it's it's nestled in big town Boise, but it feels it feels like a village in a way. Um, I know that, so, uh, you, you mentioned that I have, um, some stories about, uh, my, my time in the, <laughs> the dormitories. Um, <laughs> I do have, so, so my friends and I, um, because you make friends when you're, you know, living down the, 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 the hallway from someone, um, we, uh, one of the questions I'm going to ask you here in a little while is about pranks, um, and, Um, some of the, some of the, just the real fun gaffes um, in college happen when um, things aren't necessarily intended. Um, And sometimes they're, they're, it's even better when it's not. So um, I will say one specific story um, that uh, when we were, I think it was my junior year, we had a game of human clue on campus. Do you remember that? I, I do. (laughs) And so I, I was playing an older gentleman, and uh, my hair is naturally gray. I'm um, I have, I, I'm a 25-year-old man with uh, salt and pepper. Um, but at the time, I hadn't gone through so, so many classes and so much stress, uh, and so I didn't have as much gray. And so they wanted to add some gray in there. And I thought what I was getting was some chalk and getting put in my hair. Turns out it was vanilla pudding mix, um, which is fine until you take a shower and the water activates the the pudding and suddenly you're washing your hair with vanilla pudding mix. Um, And (laughs) it's just, it was the weirdest, it was the weirdest evening of my life. But Tammy, something that you and Cody uh, do every year that um, for me, you know, between the two of us was one of the coolest things um, is Advent. Mm. Um, Something that uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's that, period of four weeks before christmas day um and you guys open your house up to anyone who wants to show up you guys go through this advent you know uh season where did that come from i mean what 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 got you what was the story of the christiansons doing that on campus
0: well when cody was a pastor before we ever got into education we had done advent just trying to celebrate the different Christian holidays of the calendar. And a lot of people think that it's just a denominational thing, but it's on the Christian calendar. We celebrate the Christian calendar. Mm-hmm. And we would celebrate it in the church, and every week we would light a candle. And then every evening at our house we would light it. When we were raising up our children, we didn't want our children just focused on the whole Santa and gifts mm-hmm. and the materialism that Christmas it, it has come to be. So we really tried to incorporate something more spiritual of the coming of Christ, which is what Advent is. And so we started to implement that at home. And if we had guests over at the house when it was time to do Advent, and when our kids at this point, they were super tiny. I mean, Mm. we've got Hattie running around in diapers. I mean, she's (laughs) that little. And so bedtime is like 730. And when you've got company over, sometimes the company stays once the kids get put to bed at 730 at night. Yeah. And if the company was there, it was like, hey, we're doing Advent. You guys are here, so you guys are part of it. If Hannah had friends coming over to spend the weekend, because it was every night for four weeks up until Christmas. And we just started incorporating it. And when we got here, we started doing it. And it was like, well, we are kind of the mom and dad on campus. And we have 100 kids or whatever that we're able to share this with. And so we started opening up our house. The first year we had maybe 20, 25 kids occasionally, but I remember last year before all the COVID stuff hit, being our last year and everybody really hearing about it, I mean, we would have no room in my living room. We would push back every piece of furniture. The floor was packed. It would be like 45, 50 people in my small living room, which there's nothing better and more family oriented oh, yeah. than being able to share that, you know, and
1: the unfortunately singing and you know, the, the, the story time, the uh, one of the things I loved about it was that whenever you in the story would make like a, um, you know, this person gasped, everyone in the crowd would go, <gasps> they, <laughs> like they still like do the, that. I still love do it. that. Mike. I if they love walk it.
0: through a pen of sheep, everybody's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. It's so great still. Yeah but it's, and a lot of times we like to think that the students coming here are Christians growing up in the church, Mm. mom and dad, happy families, you know, all this stuff. But sometimes students come from broken homes too. Mm. Sometimes students come from a family where they're the only believer. And so it gives Cody and I the opportunity to kind of Just really show them what christian family i'm not saying that we're the best and best role models but you know we do role model what a good christian family is you know as a husband and a wife and parents as well and how we are with our children and the different things that we incorporate spiritually for our family and how we want to share that with others yeah so it's it's actually been one of the biggest highlights of cody and i's time here at bbc excuse me at boise bible college and it's it's been such a huge highlight that it's also been that much of a morning issue Mm. this year because we were very limited of how many people we could have in our living room. And, when you're only having five people in there and everybody wants to be a part of it, who do you choose? Mm. And it was difficult this year. So yeah, but we still got to share it. We did it live on Facebook. And so quite a few people joined Mm -hmm. in and we're like, Oh, I miss this. And it's like, Hey, we miss you. You know?
1: Yeah. I want to, I want to touch on something that, so for, for years, um, do you know what your name is in my phone? I'm it's, afraid it's, to ask <laughs> it's it's Tammy it's Tammy campus mom Tammy um, campus mom I yeah love and that. I I put that in there not knowing that that was something that you and Cody kind of considered yourselves just I just want to ask and you, you go into this in, as in depth as you want what does that title mean to you campus like the mother of campus what does that mean to you
0: Mike, I love it. Mm. I love it. I have five kids. We had our four and then even after Hattie was born, my youngest, we even found another one that was struggling and adopted her, mm. you know, and that's why Brooke is so much older than the others. But campus mom, when somebody refers to me as that I mean it it really touches like a soft part of, mm. a soft a soft part in my heart. I've I know we've had some deep, in-depth conversations before. Yeah. And, you know, I think back to how many people have sat on my couch and men included that have sat and felt comfortable enough to cry hmm. in front of me and because I'm also a licensed licensed therapist. And so I have a skill set that can kind of help when some people are struggling, you know. And so being able to use that skill set to help somebody who's really hurting and for them not to so much think of it as the counseling relationship, because it's not, it's just somebody who's got a skill set that's helping somebody else out. That's in a hurting state, mm-hmm. you know, but to think about all the the men and the women that have sat on my couch and poured their hearts out and have cried that I've been able to hold and to comfort and to pray over, you know, and them to just be like, You know, my own parents have never been like this. Mm. And for them to refer to me as a campus mom or to be invited to weddings and to have past students say, hey, I would love for you to meet my baby. We just had, you know, I mean, those things are the things that just really hit that heart that you're like, you know, this is a ministry. And trying to create what we want to create on campus, those are evidenced that what we're Mm. trying to create is happening, you know, and I know... Every year, there's always young freshmen that come onto campus. And I like to think I have a pretty good sense of, I don't, I don't know. I, I can I, I can really read people. And so I can see those moms who are fretting and mm-hmm. worrying about their, their child, especially girls. Mm-hmm. They're really concerned about their daughters being dropped off at 18, so far away from home, where you said not yep. easily to just to go back home. Mm-hmm. And I think about my own daughter who's – 30 hours away and what I want somebody doing for her as a resident director and so trying to find those moms and give that comfort and that ease and for them to get to know me so that way they know that their daughter or their son can come to me if there's an issue and trying to build those relationships to kind of make it more of an easy transition because it's as a experienced parent in this it's never hard to empty nest you know I've never wanted to empty nest and I'm starting to empty nest now and Mm -hmm. that's why I really love the dorms because I'm not so much empty nesting even Mm -hmm. when one batch goes another comes in so I'm still happy
1: oh there's always fresh meat there you go (laughs) well I do want to say Tammy that just speaking as a former student um, and I know that I'm three years removed so my opinion probably doesn't mean much but Um, for me, it was, you know, those, those times where I came over and, uh, you know, we had those conversations, um, very, and I, I don't speak for everyone here. Very rarely was it like, oh, Tammy's got, you know, this degree and so she'll be able to help me. It was always Tammy cares, Mm. you know, Tammy, Tammy and Cody, uh, more than, um, wanting to, to help. They want to be there with me through the through this rough spot that's going on, very rarely was it like. Oh, Tammy did sixty hours in community college, so she can she might have an answer for me. It was always like Tammy's got an a, an ear that's not gonna that's not gonna follow up with a well. This is your fault. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks, Mike. I really do so, appreciate that.
1: Um, having said that, I do want to bounce off that um, you know heartfelt moment into. Um, uh, Playful humiliation. Um, <laughs> so the one the like I said, this semester is a little bit different than last semester in a couple of different ways. But one of the things that um, we've kind of picked up is um, sometimes with faculty and staff, um, especially you know um, with with regard to like different degree levels. You know, your husband's got a got a doctorate now, and so sometimes man, you got someone coming into into school, and it's like, oh, this person's got like, their degree level's like three levels higher than the best thing I've got. And so it can be kind of intimidating. Um, and so what we've what we've started doing is what we're lovingly calling professors admit it. Um, and it's an opportunity for you to talk about something embarrassing that has happened in your life, whether that's a prank that happened to you, prank that you pulled on someone else, whether that's something that happened in, in college, in ministry, at Boise Bible College, whatever. Is there just a funny story, embarrassing story, whatever, that you'd like to share with people uh, in this podcast?
0: Okay. (laughs) It didn't happen while I was here. It was my first year as a college professor. My first semester, my first week. Okay? Okay. Super nervous already. Mm-hmm. I'm the director of the counseling department. So really got to get up there and do my thing mm-hmm. and make sure that I know exactly what I'm talking about. Have everything lined out. <clears throat> and I had an exercise that I had to students do. And I said, hey, write down some of the worst lies that you think that you have ever been told mm-hmm. that people have called you or told to you about yourself. Mm-hmm. Some of the worst lies we weren't 15 minutes into the into the class. It was my second time of teaching this class. And I was trying to read the piece of paper that the student gave me.
1: Okay. I think I have an idea where this is going.
0: <laughs> and I can't remember what was written. <laughs> but I know what I said was the B word. Oh, no! And it just came out. And, Mike, I... And I do not use profanity. No. I don't even. No. I don't even let my children say crap or butt <laughs> anything like that. You know. And so I was mortified.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: The class is dying hysterically, which is making it worse. I am like crying out of embarrassment. Oh no. I'm red. I had to leave. I just walked out of the class. I oh couldn't handle goodness. it. I just walked out. Finally, about five minutes later, I finally come back in and they all started clapping and oh, and laughing and giving me a standing ovation. I was like, please stop. <laughs> That's probably my most oh, embarrassing my moment. And it wasn't even on the I mean, I think I'm red right now. I'm just <laughs> talking about the story. But and, you know, it doesn't take yeah. much to get me embarrassed. I yeah. mean, the students here will clap and stuff. And anytime I walk in and I still get embarrassed every mm-hmm. time. But that was probably my most embarrassing moment. Holy cats. Yes.
1: That's first week. What I
0: first week. Well, second day of class. I've
1: I've heard you read from scripture where they'll be like they'll talk about a donkey and they'll use the donkey word and you will say donkey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There you go. And so I was totally. Donkey's jawbone. Yes, I was totally, totally mortified. Oh,
1: gracious. Tammy, I'm so sorry you had to go through that, but I'm so grateful you talked about it.
0: After that, I was referred to as Professor Potty Mouth. Oh my goodness. I was like, seriously, one time, one time. Oh my goodness.
1: Okay. Well, as we're, as we're coming to the end of our time here, there is a, I'm a fan of repetitious questions on this podcast. I feel like Different perspective is good for those who are listening, but also, I feel like uh, I can I learned something about. Well, first of all, I should say one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is that I've known you people for close to a decade now, um, and uh, every time I do these podcasts, I learn something that I never knew. Like Ben Williams, uh, man that I respect. he did my he performed my wedding. Um, and i I was under the impression that I knew Ben fairly well. I learned like three or four different things that I had no clue about whatsoever. So, um last question, last repetitious question, and it's um, if you had <clears throat> if you had a high school student standing in front of you and they were um, trying to decide um, you know, the things that our society tells high school students they should be able to figure out, which is what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And they're trying to decide whether or not Boise Bible College is a worthwhile, a viable next step in their in their journey. What what encouragements would you give them? What advice would you give them? What would you say?
0: Mike, it's it's interesting that you ask that. I've got a son who's graduating this year. Abby is a junior in high school, so No, she's not. Yes, no, she's she not. is. So we're already looking at colleges. And her thing is she wants to be a pharmacist. Mm and what does boise bible college have to offer her and so the question that i always even ask her i'm like well where are you at grounded in your in your christian walk and she's like what do you mean and i'm like okay so you've got all these opportunities in high school to take concurrent credits stuff like that so you graduate with speech with psychology with all these other credits that already transfer in that cut a year off of your college maybe almost two years off of your college what do you have to lose except to go to Boise Bible College for at least one year to own your own faith? Mm. And that's something that even Cody and I've tried to really push into our own kids. Don't just use college as a means of career, Mm. but use it as an opportunity to be able to grow in your own self. You know, right now, you guys fall onto mom and dad's apron strings. Mm. And if somebody asks you, well, why do you believe in God? And you're, well, because my parents have always been Christians. And When do you stand up and own that for yourself? Well, I think even coming to college, Boise Bible College, even for a year, gives you that great foundation, that ability to interpret Scripture, to be able to really own your own faith, to stand on your own two feet. And coming from experience uh, from Cody specifically, because I wasn't a Christian when I went into the military I didn't become a Christian until after I got out of the military, but Cody was, and he put God in a box and up on a shelf when he went into the military mm. because he really didn't have that heart knowledge. He only had the head knowledge of it growing up as a preacher's kid. So being able to finally go to college four years later, gave him that ability to be able to own it for himself. And if, from his talk, if you don't own it for yourself, then it's probably not always going to stick when times get tough.
1: yeah,
0: you know, so something that we try to encourage our kids, or even when somebody's like, "Yeah, but I don't really have a degree that I'm seeking, and it, well what are you talking about? You know, do you not want to learn more about god? so what's what's one year? Mm. You know, give God the opportunity to go one year if you feel like God is directing you somewhere else, Great. But if you're on the fence and you don't know where you're going right now, what better opportunity to put yourself into a position where you're learning more about God and you can hear God's will for what your life is, whether that's get the certificate and then go somewhere else or whether that's get the certificate and maybe stay because God put something else on your heart. So we just really encourage everybody that we talk to that's really kind of on the fence about it, hey, it's it's kind of like a great waiting pool you know, at this point and just be in a position for God to be able to call you. Because if you go somewhere where you're not really sure you're supposed to be, chances are things aren't going to always turn
1: out the greatest for you. Yeah. Hmm. Timmy, I wish we could continue talking. I really do. Um, well, I, I appreciate your insight. Um, I, I, the one thing that I hate about working in this office is that I don't get as many opportunities to interact with you and with Cody and with you know the RA teams and whatnot so I appreciate that you've had you know taken uh I'm gonna I'm gonna date us a little bit um we are actually after hours right now uh Tam and I both are so I appreciate you taking time away from your you know evening um to to come on here and and chat about your life and about your perspectives and whatnot. So thank you very much for being here.
0: Mike, it is always such a great time hanging out with you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you.
1: Um, Well, listeners, I hope you have enjoyed the opportunity to get to hear from uh, one of the people that um, if you live on campus, you'll be interacting with quite a bit. Um, Next week, we're going to continue doing this. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who we're interviewing because I like keeping that, uh, that, that anxiety, not anxiety. Excitement, anxiety is a very negative word. Um, but I encourage you to be to to tune in again next week as we introduce you to another one of the faculty, staff, professors of Boise Bible College. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.